This is the Bible in one year, day 126. Pray God-sized prayers. I remember so well praying for a baby called Craig. I'd been asked to visit a woman in the Brompton Hospital. Vivian had three children and was pregnant with a fourth. Her third child, who was 18 months old, had Down syndrome. He had a hole in his heart and he'd been operated on. The operation had not been a success, and not unnaturally, the medical staff wanted to turn the machines off. Many times they asked Vivian if they could turn the machines off and let the baby die. She said no, as she wanted to try one last thing. She wanted someone to pray for him, so I went. Craig had tubes all over him, and his body was bruised and swollen. She said that the doctors had indicated that even if he recovered, he would have brain damage because his heart had stopped for such a long time. She told me she didn't believe in God, but she said, Will you pray? I prayed in the name of Jesus for God to heal him. Then I explained to her how she could give her life to Jesus Christ, and she did. I left, but returned two days later. Vivian came running out the moment she saw me. She said, I've been trying to get hold of you. Something amazing's happened. The night after you prayed, he completely turned the corner. He's recovered. Within a few days, Craig had gone home. Vivian went around, all her relatives and friends, saying, I didn't believe, but now I do believe. That was over 30 years ago. I'm still in touch with the family. Craig still had Down syndrome, but he became the glue in that family. His healing was not auto-suggestion. He was a baby at the time. It was not positive thinking. It was not the placebo effect. It was a God-sized answer to a God-sized prayer. Psalm 57 Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God Most High, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me, God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path but they have fallen into it themselves. Pray for mercy. Have you ever cried out to God for mercy? I certainly have many times. David cried out to God Most High. He prayed, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. There is a God-side prayer for mercy that God always answers. That's a prayer for forgiveness through Jesus. Through his death on the cross, Jesus has made it possible that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The context for David's prayer for mercy is probably that he'd fled from Saul and into a cave. He cried out to God, and God heard and answered his prayer. David says, I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. David knew that God had a purpose for his life and that he would fulfill that purpose. God has a God-sized purpose for your life. Respond like David to God's call and obey him. God answers God-sized prayers in a God-sized way. He sends from heaven and saves me. 
God sends his love and his faithfulness. Oh God, thank you for your love and your faithfulness. My soul will take refuge in the shadow of your wings. New Testament, John 4 and 5. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. John chapter 5 Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Pray for healing. There are times in our lives when we are desperate for healing, either for others or for ourselves. In this life, our prayers for healing will not always be answered. Unanswered prayer can be a difficult and painful thing to wrestle with. But 
Sometimes God does intervene miraculously to bring healing. We see here two examples of this, both coming as a result of God-sized prayers. First, healing for others. The royal official begged Jesus to heal his son, who was on the brink of death. Jesus put him off. Unless you people are dazzled by a miracle, you refuse to believe. But the official would not be put off. Come down! It's life or death for my son! Jesus responded to the man's faith. The man believed that if Jesus came, he would heal his son. Jesus asked him to go one step further and believe that his words from miles away would heal his son. The man did believe, and Jesus performed the miracle. He heard the man's God-sized prayer and healed his son. As a result, the whole household believed. Second, healing for ourselves. Jesus went to a place where there was a multitude of people with disabilities, lame, blind, and paralyzed. This was a culture that saw disability as a punishment from God. Such people were hidden away. But God has chosen the weak and the foolish of the world in order to confound the wise. Jesus healed a man who'd been invalid for 38 years. The man must have been desperate. He'd been putting his hope in the healing powers of the waters of Bethesda, which would bubble up periodically. And it was thought that the first person in after the waters bubbled up would be healed. But this man had no one to help him get in first. He had no friends, no close family. Nobody cared for him. He was alone and abandoned. Nobody loved him, but Jesus loved him. Jesus says to him, as he says to each one of us, Do you want to get well? For 38 years this man had learned to survive as he was. Now he has to rise up, make choices, find new friends, find work and become responsible for his life. Joyce Meyer writes of this instant that in effect Jesus said to the man, Don't just lie there, do something. She continues, Being sexually abused for approximately 15 years and growing up in a dysfunctional home left me lacking confidence and filled with shame. I wanted to have good things in my life, but I was stuck in emotional torment and despair. Like the man in John 5, Jesus did not give me pity either. Jesus was actually very firm with me and he applied a lot of tough love. But his refusal to let me wallow in self-pity was a turning point in my life. I'm not in the pit any longer. I now have a great life. If you will reject self-pity, actively look to God and do what he instructs you to do, you can have a great life too. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers for healing for ourselves and others. Today, I cry out to you for healing for... Old Testament, Judges 4 and 5. Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Harosheth Hagoyim. Because he had nine hundred chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for twenty years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, 
from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you ten thousand men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops, to the river Kishon, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kedesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and ten thousand men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zeananim near Kedesh. When they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned from Harosheth Hagoyim to the river Kishon all his men and his nine hundred chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with ten thousand men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Harosheth Hagoyim, and all Sisera's troops fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heba the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Heba the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in, don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer, and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Just then, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they destroyed him. Judges chapter 5 On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. 
When you, Lord, went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned, travelers took to winding paths. Villagers in Israel would not fight, they held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose, a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders when war came to the city gates, but not a shield or spear was seen among forty thousand in Israel. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the victories of the Lord, the victories of his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates. Wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up, break out in song. Arise, Barak. Take captive your captives, son of Abinoam. The remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Machia, captains came down. From Zebulun, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, sent under his command into the valley. In the districts of Reuben there was much searching of heart. Why did you stay among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben there was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives. So did Naphtali on the terraced fields. Kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought. At Teanach, by the waters of Megiddo, they took no plunder of silver. From the heavens the stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away, the age-old river, the river Kishon. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horse's hooves, galloping, galloping, go his mighty steeds. Curse, Miroz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they did not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heba the Kenite, most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead. Through the window peered Sisera's mother, 
Behind the lattice she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answer her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils, a woman or two for each man? Colourful garments as plunder for Sisera, colourful garments embroidered, highly embroidered garments for my neck, all this as plunder? So may all your enemies perish, O Lord, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace for forty years. Pray for leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If a business is well led, it tends to do well. If a church is well led, it usually flourishes. If a nation is well led, it will most often prosper. After Sisera had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for twenty years, they cried out to the Lord for help. Sisera's mother looked out of the window, waiting for Sisera to return. She cried out, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils, a woman or two for each man? We get a hint here of how Sisera treated the people of God. In answer to their God-sized prayer, God raised up an outstanding leader. Deborah was both a spiritual leader, a prophetess, and also a political leader. She was leading Israel at that time. She was a charismatic leader whose presence was so valued that Barak says to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Interestingly, it is another woman, Jael, who finally finishes off Israel's oppressor. Both women and men can make outstanding leaders. What matters is not gender, but that leaders actively lead. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Deborah and Barak gave God the glory. Again, Joyce Meyer points out that God chooses to use and promote those who know that they are nothing without him and who give him the glory and the credit for all their accomplishments. Every time you have a success in your life, Remember to give God the glory. The way in which God answered the prayer of his people was to raise up wise and humble leadership. As a result, the land had peace for 40 years. Deborah prayed that those who loved the Lord would be like the sun when it rises in its strength, bringing warmth and energy, strong, bold and fearless. Lord, I pray today that I would be like the sun when it rises in its strength. May I bring light in a dark world. May I show people the way. Pepper adds, In Judges 4 and 5, we see Deborah was the leader of the nation, a judge, a prophetess, a prayer warrior, songwriter, worship leader, wife and mother. What an awesome role model she was. Who said the Bible is against women in leadership?